All right, welcome to this recording, which is happening on the 13th of January 2019. I believe it's probably the second or third of the year, and it's going all right. I've uh, dropped the ball a little, but picked it up and ran a few times. I ran all the way to the Jiu-Jitsu Studios the first time this year. Might be the last. I've got to slip in there at some point uh, with my tail between my legs and uh, somehow extricate myself from the very... Uh, onerous contract that they have it's expensive and i do remember thinking jesus they're, they're really jumping on you if you try and get out of this but i was so keen to get to a point where i could defend myself against a drunken neighbor that i just went for it and after one lesson or whatever it was that i did as a trial and i thought oh, i could pick this up yeah no that wasn't happening i went the other night and got thrown around the room and was just like i'm never going to pick this up every single other person could watch the example or the slow motion by motion technique and then just do it even you guys there was a guy that was newer than me and was just getting into it and i had to watch it and then watch it and then watch it and then be showing it being the that weird mount position that they have with the guy's crotch in my face or vice versa and then just start rolling around until i could finally one by one get the movements correct and then suddenly they're like yes but you could also do this but if you move this way you could do that and i just realized wow these guys are fucking geniuses and i'm never going to get the hang of it at this age i don't know it can happen but you need to be able to dedicate a lot more time and a lot more passion than i could ever possibly have for this sport so uh as much respect and awe that i have for the people that can do it on a regular basis and as much as i know i would never want to fuck with anyone who has any amount of ability in it, I think I'll uh, bow out for now. My pay isn't always there. It's pretty slow still. I don't think it's going to get some kind of huge uptick in the near future or long term. I've just got to make do with uh, a pretty meager regular salary and occasionally get a little bump now and then, which I've got to try and hoard because, boy, we just got a huge whopper of a electricity bill, which I pay half of. And I've got about a week and a half before that's due about three hundred dollars each that seems like a lot over three months i guess the aircon has been in use we're looking at another straight week of uh purple hot days that's the hottest color they can have on those uh weird government weather charts and we are going to be sitting in it i did have a good weekend though i saw the younger kid stayed over did everything i could do with him had to bow out by uh his nap time today at three o'clock because I was just like, I need to go home and get shit done. Unfortunately, the banana split thing didn't happen that was planned. I did contact Peter a little late about it. I was kind of sort of taken for granted, i got to admit. And he was just like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. It's like, damn, okay, we'll get there. Because when I, Jaden really wants to just do it there, my place is not, I don't know, the way it's set up just doesn't work. His place, he's got family there. That doesn't really fly either. So, yeah, we, <laughs> we've got to admit, we need the Peter. Or I'll start going around to... um. Elizabeth maybe because that went well we did a banana uh, split there I've edited it it's online I haven't heard any real feedback yet but I do know that the audio wasn't amazing because we're in a balcony which had a super high ceiling we tried to close the blinds but you couldn't help but notice a kind of weird echoey we're in a huge space feel to it all the voices were just off uh, just slightly so not ideal maybe if we do that again now and then we can move it into her bedroom if that's not too weird. We'll see. Because you, you do have to have a good space for it. Otherwise, yeah, I did go to the gym once or twice. So that's starting to happen. I've got to keep that up. 
I could have gone today, but I just came home and I had to chill. I put on the old Skyrim, accidentally got on a boat that took me to what is obviously DLC, because I got some kind of a Super Master Collector's Edition, which has all the DLC they ever did. Um, and I thought I was done. I thought I was like, I've got maybe two story, like mainline missions left, and bam, that opened up a whole new... It was like pretty much the same thing as Far Harbor in Fallout, where you, you jump on this boat, you get to this... It's not even in Skyrim, it's in Morrowind, apparently, this island, and it's freaking huge. There's a lot of locations to discover, a lot of uh, different story lines to follow, and I'm like, oh boy, okay, this is going to take a while. Which, if you're freaking insanely passionate about the game, is like a blessing. You're like, well, hey, it's Christmas. But for me, uh, I never really got super into the lore of it all. I've got to be honest, I don't read all the books when I pick them up. I skim them a little bit. Um, I have more fun getting story from the conversations when you listen to the voice acting of the various characters that you run across. And that's kind of fun, and discovering new locations and just being a fucking god. It's like the one place I can live out all these uh, superhero fantasies. <laughs> these two ridiculously good-looking women follow me around. It's all very infantile, but it does kill the time, which is weird. Like this morning, Gabriel got up at 5 a.m. or something ridiculous as usual. He's like, let's go to the shops. And I had to explain to him, there's no shops until at least 9 o'clock. It's Sunday. Obviously, that went over his head. He, no matter what you say to him, he'll just keep asking for what he wants until he f sort of gets bored and then we do something else. So I'm looking forward to when I can actually reason with him a little more. But either way, it was still a good time. Um, but yeah, we had that two hours in the morning where I'm just like, how do we take care of this? I'm pretty much just have to run around pretending to get shot by him, moving cars around on the floor and other little things. So yeah, I'm not the most versatile and entertaining a toddler unless we can go somewhere out in the open like the shops it's a lot easier these fun time amusement places where we ended up eventually somewhere in Lamia it was pretty good they had all the pipes that you could roll like Mario world style that you could crawl through the slides the blow up castle they had this weird wizard of Oz mini putt putt thing he was about as patient as you would expect with the playing of the golf but I forced myself to do every single hole uh, none of them were moving it was like some of them you had to get through tunnels and through these little obstacle courses thing but I really want to play one where they've got like a windmill and you have to time it so it gets through the uh, blades of the windmill it was pretty good anyway they'd, they'd obviously spent a lot of time on the scenery there was like a magic tunnel that you went through it was all pretty cool lots of facts and, and trivia about the movie were on display at each hole I think there was an eight hole course or something and, and they would have like a, a poster with a picture on it and then some interesting tidbit like how Tin Man got sick so I had to replace the actor because of the, the material they used in the the tin coloured makeup uh, and lots of other little things they left out the more interesting stuff I gotta say about Judy Garland being addicted to drugs about her cast members bullying her until she was suicidal about the urban legend of the what do you call those little people apparently you can see one of them hanging himself in the background of one scene that's apparently a myth but it's still pretty interesting that so many people believed it for such a long time tons of stuff it always pops up in reddit threads now and then but uh yeah you gotta admit it's a family <laughs> uh entertainment center so they're not going to get too dark though they did reference us uh, they had a bunch of memorabilia up on the wall and i suppose it was suitably high enough they had a a bunch of stuff about the South Park episode, which 
does a version of Wizard of Oz and just these glass cabinets full of toys and anything that was kind of like merchandise related to the movie I didn't I didn't see anything about the sequel Return to Oz uh, which is one of Karen's favourites but uh, you know still pretty impressive and that was that that was my day I basically came home and chilled out with the aircon on until it was freezing turned it off it rapidly turned into an oven uh, which I also had my dinner in which was these weird battered chicken bowl nugget type things which is not healthy it's all about diet when you're trying to lose weight so that's going to be the toughest thing to change so here we go yeah there was a few things I wanted to look at I'm not going to make this super long hopefully I did want to I've watched two films one of them being Annihilation uh, last week and I was going to look at some of the trivia on that there's also been a couple of articles that are interesting one of them is that Bungie takes back its destiny see what they did there and departs from Activision so essentially Bungie created Halo they were doing really well for a long time they get bought out by Activision I guess at some point I don't know the full history let's see what they have to say on this website which you can't see the name of by just staring at this article it's, I think it's TC which stands for something TechCrunch okay Jesus guys have your name there somewhere Bungie creator of the popular Halo and Destiny franchises splitting from Activision will go its own way it's good news for gamers and the company itself, but it won't fix problems that plague Destiny and its sequel since their launches. And this is the blog post that the company released. We have enjoyed a successful eight-year run and would like to thank Activision for their partnership on Destiny. We've announced plans for Activision to transfer rights to for Destiny to Bungie. With our remarkable community, we, re- we are ready to publish on our own. While Activision will increase their focus on owned IP projects. The planned transition is already underway uh, with us both committed to making sure the handoff is seamless. Uh, they teamed up essentially because the former needed a jump start uh, and the latter was always looking for big titles to produce and milk for cash. The deal was briefly stated $500 million for four games over 10 years, which sounds reasonable, but First Destiny had trouble development and took years to become the game people expected. The sequel infamously was rumoured to have been rebooted less than a year and a half before release. Meanwhile, both games needed a steady drip of new content to keep players online. Pressure from Activision meant Bungie had to focus on meeting deadlines rather than pursue its ready-when-it's-ready philosophy that companies like Rockstar have the luxury of. This may have contributed to the berated microtransaction store built into Destiny 2 and the half-baked nature of its early content releases, like the much-maligned Curse of Osiris. Cool sounding, though. Uh, these choices have been shown to be bungees and the responsibility rests on them as developer. Delivering for both gamers and shareholders is tough, but that's the deal they struck. It seems they simply weren't able to do it. Getting rights to Destiny back must have been like pulling teeth, but it may also be that Activision would rather cut Bungie loose while it's ahead rather than attempt to rush the third entry in the series. Uh, both companies are being polite. Chances are the inside story will emerge. Kotaku's Jason Schreier, who followed the game and company closely for years, reported corks were flying at Bungie headquarters, so clearly some tension has been relieved. History repeats. Bungie was originally an independent developer and was acquired by Microsoft during its development of Halo. It later negotiated its independence only to walk into the same trap again a few years afterward. What this means uh, is unclear, but the trend away from yearly instalments and towards longer time development 
has generally been a good one for players. If Bungie leans that way and three ends up coming out a year after it might have been under Activision, it almost will certainly be the better for it. I can agree with that. I know Rockstar certainly seems to benefit from those long lead times, and so does Bethesda um, with Fallout. Uh, maybe not with Fallout 76. They copped some heat for that. I've stopped playing it, obviously, for... I thought we're really going to finish Skyrim first. Uh, I just kind of jumped on that bandwagon because um, so many friends were jump- running around online. That seems to be less the case at the moment, so I'm not really pot committed anymore. It seems like a bit of a waste of my Xbox Live membership, though. <laughs> uh, there must be some other game I can use online, except I'm looking at my pile. Bioshock, Dishonored, uh, Ghost Recon, Mafia, Just Cause, Call of Duty... One of them, one of the newer ones. Uh, Recore, falls of three out of all those that I can make out. Oh, there's Doom as well. Wolfenstein? Anyway, most of those are single player. Just Cause, I think there's an online, but it's not the new one. It's not the latest. So it's probably dead online anyway. And obviously the Call of Duty ones you can play online, but fuck that. You've got nine-year-olds that have spent themselves into being just unbeatable. The only one that might be a bit fun online would be Forza, which I haven't really played for a while. My voice is a little better, I think, after that severe cold, but it's obviously still a little croaky. Apologies for that. Anyway, there's been another controversy. There's been two that I want to talk about. The first one is that uh, Blizzard has finally confirmed that Ellie was a fabricated identity. They obviously didn't fabricate it. Whoever was uh, using the character was. they confirmed the suspicions of many involving the conspiracy, that's a big call, regarding a player named Ellie. Uh, they told Dot Esports that Ellie is a fake identity. After investigating, we found that, um, yeah, that's what that's what it is. That's created by a veteran player to obfuscate. Oh, I knew that would catch me. Their identity. The owner of Ellie's account is a player with no current or prior involvement with any Overwatch contenders or Overwatch League team. Ellie was never formally submitted to the roster of Second Wind and never played in a contenders match. So they're basically going, look, we have no fucking idea who this person is or was. Rather, they were just like, they're not, we're, we're not behind them. They just ran in here and did their own thing. Uh, just absolving themselves of responsibility. They were up in arms, the Overwatch community, when the second win team signed Ellie, allegedly created by an Overwatch ladder player called Punisher. Ellie eventually left second win, though, after receiving doxing and personal threats. So, as a part of the process to officially add a player to a league roster, we do background checks to ensure that players are who they say they are, as well as meet other Ellie... Alleged... Christ. Alleged... Why can't I say that word? Ellie... (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna have to pause. Other bitches. <laughs> this is really a thing that happens. You see actors do it in outtakes, and you're like, "It's a fucking word that you say 20 times a day. What is wrong with you? How are you not eligible to say that word? Why isn't the eligible? I t- <laughs> I can't just say it that particular way. I can say eligibility. There we go. The eligibility of those people. And we'll take action against players if we discover any behaviour that warrants it. Obviously, that was that they kicked him out. That was just most embarrassing because for a lot, there was a lot of articles coming out on Kotaku and other sites that were like, "Look at these pricks 
bringing down another female gamer and they're all just doxing her and the poor thing and so it was very, a lot of egg on faces when it turned out that uh, she wasn't really a she so and, and if you scroll down this article after article I guess they just keep it all all the related stuff uh, I like I like websites that do that where you can just keep scrolling it's very Moorish but uh, I do want to keep it on point and not just read more of the same I think the scrolling just leads you to older articles so maybe at least switch to something else i've got a video playing of just some random shit uh thankfully i'm not wearing headphones so i don't have to listen to it i really can't get that much into competitive gaming i appreciate that it is a large part of the future of video games i'm more of a single player fan myself getting immersed in that world but uh big respect to the guys who can train as hard as they do become part of a team and just kill it whoever can maintain a reasonable quality of life just by playing video games well done hats off uh so what else did i have i'll go over to chrome which apparently is a ram hog for some reason if you try and watch netflix on it it will eventually degrade in quality so i'll I'll try and close a few tabs yeah i did have an article over here that i forgot to read at the last episode on the last episode of solid 60 of 2018 so and that was the biggest video game disappointments of 2018 Uh, and this was by kotaku and written by gita jackson and mike fay so they've said it's the best and worst of times 2018 we're here to talk about the second bit and we're keeping it on video games if it was broader it would take all day very subtle reference to t- Donald Trump, I'm sure. Worst thing that people were generally taking in news-wise. Posted best surprises yesterday, so that's time for failures. That's always more fun. It's always more juicy. So the first thing, obviously, is Fallout 76, a big old mess. Fans were sceptical. Uh, many were willing to give it a shot. It's a new kind of Fallout where players would be able to build bases, uh, work together, or nuke each other. It was a risk, and it did not pay off. The game launched with extravagant bugs, a lifeless world, an unsatisfying multiplayer. As the bummer cherry on top, the uh, $200 Power Armor Edition was shipped with flimsy nylon bags instead of swagged out canvas ones, which a couple of influencers managed to get and were clearly visible in the promotional material. And then they just give you this piece of shit. So thankfully, apparently they did end up going and making canvas bags to uh, make up for it because it was bad press on top of all the other horrible press. At first, they just gave them like $5 worth of credit or whatever it is in the game. Uh, Also, there was a bug where everyone could see other players' personal information, including home addresses. Yikes. Uh, You know, shit happens. Uh, I played it now and then. I had a bit of fun. I remember getting my pulse racing while being chased by super mutants, etc., ghouls, and so on. Didn't like that I couldn't pause, which is one of the other things that keeps me from, you know, when someone rings you or other real life stuff interjects it can be a bit awkward president trump here he is he trots out the violent video games canard it was like traveling to 2003 after a deadly mass shooting at a high school in parkland trump met with games executive and watched a reel of violent video game clips while it was amusing that giant bombs dan reichert somehow ended up on that video the idea of president of the united states entertaining the idea that the severity and frequency of shootings might be caused by video games is ridiculous. It's simply not true. And only acts to serve as a distraction from the real problems in this country. 
it's obviously an American writer, that makes such shooting so tragically commonplace. The point of an underdog story is that they might, at some point, catch a break. Not so for the Shanghai Dragons, who ended this season, this is Overwatch League, with a 0-40, 0-for-40. They played 40 games and did not win a single one of them. They may hold a special place in my players' hearts for signing Guguri, the first woman in the Overwatch League. She's a real woman. There's a photo over there. But new signings weren't enough to turn their luck around. So that kind of sucks. Hopefully uh, this is a better year for them. Fortnite accounts keep getting hacked. I think it was more that they keep uh, stealing IP like dancers and not paying the creator of said dance. Tumblr, it's not really video game related, but okay. It was a uh, move by them that shocked many and disappointed even more. It was a great way to artists. See, that's that's something I didn't pick up when I read it uh, without saying it out loud. Tumblr was a great way to artists who like to draw boobs. See, there should be four artists. Huh. There you go. Even Kotaku can fuck up. Believe it or not. Uh, anyway, for artists to keep a portfolio, make announcements to their audience and engage in an artistic community. Uh, on the 17th of December, they'll have to look for a new internet home. So that's done and dusted. After years of problems with porn bots, posting spam and other post, others posting child pornography, Tumblr, banned all adult content. While getting rid of the aforementioned issues is good, it's also a move that people who use Tumblr find way too extreme. On top of that, Tumblr's algorithm for finding and flagging adult content is hilariously busted, with competitors like Pillowfort and ARE.NA breathing down Tumblr's neck. The site may be done for. Yeah, it's pretty much fucking dead. So, yeah, I was pretty pissed off with that. I didn't use it a lot, but it was a great home for lots of uh, risque content or art that didn't worry about going outside the lines of what, say, Facebook would accept or Twitter or other uh, more mainstream sites. So I know they were just being bought by some big company and they were trying to make it, clean it up. But yeah, and it was just a lazy way of dealing with, you know, obviously there were some problems with uh, illegal pornography, but hire people, go after it. Don't uh, just stick in some clunky AI that's going to just flag everything, including stuff that has nothing to do with uh, adult content at all. Don't become like Facebook, basically. Uh, Telltale, that was a shit fire. Uh, They closed up shop. Talked about that before. They laid all but 25 of its employees off and uh, didn't warn anyone. So that was a real fucking, what would you call it? Dumpster fire, let's go with that. PlayStation Classic isn't as classic as we'd all hoped. They surprised us with the announcement of the $150 Classic, like Nintendo's. Uh, it'd be loaded with 20 of the best games. Um, unlike Nintendo, their idea of what constituted the best games uh, differed greatly from what many fans had in mind. Dreams of a dedicated Suikoden 2 machine were dashed when they revealed the full game list. No Gran Turismo, no Wipeout, no Star Wars Masters of Terracasi. We were bummed. Bummed enough for a podcast episode about it. <laughs> There's a link to it. I should click on it. What do they call their podcast? I'm pretty sure I subscribe, but I'm yet to download them. It's called Split Screen, which is funny because the other one I used to listen to called Split Screen, that's now changed its name, I think, was a local one with Lucky Bones and Grim Bones. But obviously Kotaku has their own. It looks like they're an hour long, hour and 10 minutes. 
So I'll, I would, we'll have to get into that one day. The last thing that I'm going to mention from this article, programmers, man, I can't speak. It's been a long weekend. Pro gamers and streamers can't seem to stop saying awful things. Hey kids, here's a tip. If you're going to get into a growing high profile racist activity, <laughs> wait, I threw something in there that didn't need to be. Into a growing high-profile activity like esports or plan on making your living streaming in public, maybe check the racist, homophobic, transphobic, and misogynistic comments at the door. You know, like good people. If you're super popular streamer ninja, don't rap the N-word. In fact, don't use that word at all, no matter who you are. Don't type faggot into your team chat. While we're at it, don't suggest people kill themselves. There's a couple of hyperlinked uh, mentions there. Each link leads to someone being at best thoughtlessly cruel, at worst purposely so. And we reported on far more similar incidents in 2018. There's enough of that bullshit in the world at large. We don't need it in gaming. Uh, and one they don't mention there, I guess, is where the dude beat up his missus. Not married, I think, but you know they've got three kids, so they might as well be. Ash is begging for them to change the AVOs. So of course, he can move back in with the kids. Uh, these people, you just can't help them. So that's that article can finally close the um and close the jujitsu schedule as well i think i'm i can face the fact that i'm done with that i'll stick to the gym and a new activity i saw a facebook video of it's becoming all the rage somewhere i've lost it i tagged some people in it i did share it all i have to do is i don't know what they call it so if i just go to my profile it'll be up there bounce classes well that's pretty easy to remember basically they are little mini trampolines and they jump up and down on them like fucking robots that have taken meth. And that's all they know how to do. Just jackhammer their way through the... It's like they're trying to yeah, jackhammer their way to the floor through the thing. And they're moving left and right. I probably wouldn't mind some coaching. Because it looks like there's a bunch of different techniques. Because I know I've tried to jump on these things now and then. And I just get bored after a minute. But watching this video, they're going for gold. Uh, with the right music, that might be a fun way to shed some some belly, some thickness around the middle. So we'll see. Which reminds me of the wheelie of the show I've been watching lately on Netflix, which is called... Uh, I had it paused. The Vietnam War, a film by Ken Burns and Lynn Novick. Uh, fucking intense. Uh, even though every episode is well over an hour long. And I'm up to the 10th one. So I've been powering through it. I watched the eighth episode twice. It was so good. Had to show Karen that. She was suitably impressed other than constantly checking her phone. Uh, There's some really moving stuff in there and it makes you sort of a bit more thankful for what we do have. That I can bitch about little things like paying too much for martial arts that I don't do. Like hot weather. Like the fact that I'm not careful enough with what I eat. Just little trivial things like that uh, compared to these guys at the interview who were sitting in prison of war camps eating a bowl of rice a day and being beaten and tortured constantly for this one guy was picked up in 1963 right at the beginning of the war and didn't get out till 1970 something he had a uh, by that point a seven-year-old daughter he'd barely known uh no, i think she was turning eight he had a son that he'd never met he didn't even know the gender of so back home and it, so it was really touching and, and a lot of ridiculously uh, infuriating things like the My Lai Massacre. I always used to say My Lai based on 
the way it read, but apparently it is me like. And that was gruesome. I knew it was bad, but to go through the details of it and how much they got away with, like the guy ended up doing like three years that gave the order to basically murder 500 women, children, old men, babies. They, they all copped it. And over 50 soldiers were involved in the army. Pretty much none of them except the commanding officer had to resign and the lieutenant that really was on the ground with it and directing it yeah three and a half years which the public at the time were furious about that it was even that long that he was guilty so yeah it's interesting to see the parallels with now in terms of how divided the country was by the end of the war even ex-vets were coming back and protesting and throwing the medals over the fence and so there's some parallels and some uh, massive differences you you wouldn't see that these days with even as controversial as the war in Iraq and Afghanistan was uh, certainly a lot more respect and veneration of their warriors than there was in the 70s at least you don't get the kind of uh, oh you're baby killing monsters and I guess that's where the baby killing uh, stuff comes from the whole Milai massacre really rubbed that in at people's faces the photos of literal babies lying there dead on the road that's tough to look at so a lot of people overreacted and were just you know imagining that every single armed American was doing exactly the same thing which of course wasn't true it was largely an aberration a couple of units that went completely psychotic frustrations at losing their mates not being able to do anything about it never seeing the enemy they just took it out on the nearest and most defenseless uh, people they could find which is not how you do run a war. And it was a senseless, pointless waste of time, money, effort. It was just a shit fight, the entire thing. So but it's interesting to go into the politics of it and they keep the story compelling enough to make you realise that these were real people on both sides and in every facet um, of the war. There was, there was people that were hurting. I don't think anyone came out of that smiling. It was just... It should have been a great lesson for how not to behave but not 30 years later we're doing the same thing again so there we are with that now i can run into annihilation hopefully what are we at half an hour that's good enough for me hopefully this won't take too long there's 29 items and uh yeah it's interesting it was a, it was a good film it was a little confusing and now i know why because i read a little bit of this before apparently it was based on the novel to a degree he didn't read it again the writer or the director rather Alex Garland instead he decided to adapt it like a dream of the book so he'd read it once a long time ago and just ran with what he could remember because it was based on the first book in a southern reach trilogy about uh, I guess the main plot point is that there's this bizarre phenomenon that lands on a lighthouse it's like a implies that something came from outer space lands there and just fucks with reality and anything that goes within that space that keeps growing it gets its dna completely bamboozled and mixed with everything else within that space so you've got uh and fuck it there's going to be a lot of spoilers so just if you haven't seen it fuck off annihilation what did you think let me know i was confused as i expected to be i'd heard a lot of talk about uh it's ambiguous ending uh to me it was pretty clear both the people that quote unquote made it out weren't who they were when they went in they were Poor copies of themselves, uh, believable enough to be taken in by the 
credulous military who probably don't have an imagination enough to appreciate what they were. But uh, certainly at the end there, I think her eyes flash, the main character, who's played by Natalie Portman. Like, ah, okay, yeah, it wasn't. It implies when you watch it that she uh, burned the bad presence away with a phosphorus grenade because she because uh, it was imprinted on her it was like okay i'm you and everything she did it copied with a body just like hers and ultimately identical to hers and she made some mistakes ran into a wall and realized hang on i need to fuck with this thing and the only way i know how using the same phosphorus grenade that killed my boyfriend and yeah she finally defeated the enemy though when you get to the end you're like okay maybe it was the other way around she fucked herself a little bit on that it's 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 confusing nothing certain um but it's a fun why not so much a fun trip but a intriguing journey into the unknown and uh yeah I, i'm down for more if they do another one i think it did pretty well uh it's not clear though of course being on netflix they don't release numbers uh, but you know it certainly made an impact when it came out there was a lot of talk of it at about it at the time so who knows? I'm willing to... The quality of, of everything, other than, I think, the story denouement, I think, was left... It was a bit David Lynchian for me. But um, anyway, let's go into the trivia. Announced that due to clashes between the producer and David Ellison, a financier, the shift in Paramount's leadership. A deal was struck with Netflix handling distribution rather than it being released in theatres. Uh, according to the deal, Paramount would handle the US and China release, while Netflix would begin streaming the film in other territories, which is how I watched it. Oscar Isaac film this movie and Star Wars on adjacent studio lots. He had the same trailer for both films, would often film scenes for both movies on the same day. That's pretty fucking cool. So, yeah, this David Ellison guy became concerned that the film was too intellectual and too complicated. Both accusations, which are founded in truth, and demanded changes to make it appeal to a wider audience, including making Portman's character more sympathetic and changing the ending. Uh, the producer Scott Rudin sided with Garland in his desire to not alter the film, defending the film and refusing to take notes. Rudin had final cut. So there you go. They, they stuck to their guns and did it work out? Did the risk pay off? Arguably, yeah. How did it do with the critics? 79? Is the meta score, which I think for IMDb is pretty high. It's not for everyone, though. It's definitely not a crowd pleasing mainstream movie. It's like an indie movie with a shitload of money. Because, I mean, it looks good. It's got great actors. It's got Valkyrie from Thor. It's got, uh, I should really know her name. It's got Benedict Wong. It's got a few Marvel characters in here, or actors. Sonoya Mizuno, who was also with uh, Oscar Isaac in a film he was a lead in, uh, with the robot chicks. <laughs> I'm gonna have to click on his. Uh, I'll click on her name because she's probably done less movies. She's like a half Asian looking, like perfect example of if you were to build a robot that looked just like a human but was impossibly good looking. Like, what's the most ridiculously perfect specimen we could have? Uh, and there are a few examples in that movie, and that's what you would come up with. Someone that looks like her, and she plays Kyoko in Ex Machina. That's the movie I'm talking about. And her real name is Sonoya Mizuno. So they stuck with a uh, Japanese-sounding name because I'm assuming her mother or father. I'm guessing her father is Japanese with Mizuno being her last name. So it's Katie. That's all they, they tell you. Humanoid and Katie. I wonder what humanoid means. I guess because she, she got turned into like a 
tree or something. She just gave up. It was like, I'm done with this. And uh, just blended in with the environment. I think that was her. Let's have another look at her profile. I want to see if it says she was born in Japan. But it never says anything about who the parents were. I don't know who writes these. If it's the website itself or whoever has the page, like the actors themselves, maybe, or the agent. But yeah, it's pretty sparse. It's just got a couple of movies there and that's it. But she's definitely mixed. So anyway. So it drew some criticism for the casting of Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Leigh, who's the mum in Atypical, uh, who are in the books described as Asian and half Native American. I mean, they've got people of colour in there, just not those characters. Garland explained that none of those characters' ethnicities were revealed uh, when he wrote it, because the second book wasn't out yet. And that's where you find out what ethnicity they were, which is kind of odd. You've got an entire book and you don't mention it until the second book comes out, but okay. Anyway, he wanted to take the story in his own direction. He did not read the other two books while making the film in order not to be influenced by them, because, you know, you're already filming it by then. You don't suddenly read a new book and go, oh, wait. We should change everything. You've got Natalie Portman. Right. As long as there's enough diversity in there, I don't know. I'm uh, said to be inspired by Stalker, but the uh, writer, Jeff Vandermeer, denied that. So who wrote it? Was it Vandermeer or freaking Garland? You know, Make up your mind. Who's making these decisions? I guess it makes sense that Garland was deciding on who's in it. Francis McDormand was considered for Dr. Ventress before Jennifer Jason Leigh got it. Uh, I can see them both doing that really well. I would have loved to have seen Frances McDormand in it. Um, I'm not a big fan of Jennifer Jason Lee's name. It's too long. But mainly I was going to say her character in Atypical. It's just, uh, she's almost as annoying as two other famous female partners in fiction who everyone just can't stand. The first one would be the wife in Breaking Bad. Both of them. Both. Uh, the one who knocks his wife. <laughs> My brain is fried. And the FBI agent, the bald dude, uh, his wife. They're both, you just want to throw them off a cliff. And then, of course, The Walking Dead, Rick's wife. Just stop everything. Stop whatever you're doing, because you're just horrible. Uh, Natalie Portman had stated she'd never been in a horror movie. She changed her mind to appear in Black Swan and this film as she really wanted to work with filmmakers. Scheduling conflicts prevented her from appearing in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which she auditioned for and won. See, that's, uh, she doesn't get much more A-list than that. You get it, you win it, and then you just go, no, I'm, I'm doing the other thing, sorry. Anya tells Lena when they first meet at the Southern Reach that the people here put themselves to sleep in fetal positions. Earlier, when Lena wakes up for the first time after getting sedated, she is seen stirring from a fetal position. Love those details. The first base the crew encounters within the Shimmer, this is named Southern Reach. The movie's based on that trilogy. Hulk and Beach, Norfolk, so filmed in the UK. They refer to a small community named Ville Perdue, which is French for Lost City, so that's uh, quite appropriate. Location filming in uh, Windsor Great Park, wherever the hell that is. Some shooting had already been done in St. Mark's, Florida, but the vegetation in the area turned out to be too dense to give any perception of depth on screen. Interesting. So Lighthouse Pictures have a charge arrangement registered with the UK company's house regarding this matter. <laughs> what? Whatever uh, that means. And in May, cinematographer Rob began sharing pictures from the set of the film. On July 13th and 14th, filming took place at Holcomb Pines in North Norfolk. So I guess from that, what it means is they tried to do something in Florida and it didn't work out, so they moved to England. 
Yeah, that's right. Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaacs are both in different trilogies in the Star Wars franchise. They meet here in a way. Yeah, so Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, and Benedict Wong. They're all in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously, Portman was in Thor, uh, who meets Doctor Strange, who is in a movie with Benedict Wong, who is also in Avengers, Infinity War. Though I don't think... Valkyrie's not in that. She's just in Thor. Anya means mother in Hungarian. That's kind of cool. The snake tattoo that appears on Lena's wrist is not there before she enters the Shimmer. Interesting. It appears on the body of the soldier killed on the wall in the building they enter. The tattoo is a symbol of a snake eating itself, which ties into the film's theme of self-destruction. Maybe these will explain the film to me. The abandoned house uh, is architecturally identical to the suburban house Lena and her husband live in outside the Shimmer. Another example of the echoes. Yeah, I'm going to have to read the book. Or listen to the audio version. More likely the character names in this film are identical to those in the novel a physician takes a journey through africa the crystal world oh so not the novel the movie's based on but the novel crystal world by jg ballard uh, notably it's described that the forest and its inhabitants start to crystallize at the end of the film the lighthouse is surrounded by crystal trees the line that ventress speaks in the tunnel where the meteorite struck her was a meteorite unfathomable mind now beacon now see is from Samuel Beckett's novel Malloy, itself the first part of a trilogy with Malone Dies and the Unnameable. In Malloy, title character is tracked down by a character called Moran. Their identities appear to emerge towards the end of the novel, which ties in with the theme of the double in Annihilation. Deep cuts. The dance between Lena and her alien double was choreographed with Bobby Jane Smith, Jane Smith. Uh, Smith was the subject of a documentary directed by uh, Elvira Lind, the part of Oscar Isaac. The figure 8 tattoo is shaped like the symbol used for infinity. Anyway, it's known as Uroboros. It's a snake serpent eating its own tail. So it's very symbolic stuff. In an interview, uh, this visual effects guy, Andrew Whitehurst, said they gave the horrific mutated bear creature a name. The company worked on the movie Paddington. Whitehurst said Paddington is a very nice bear named after Paddington Station. So they named the mutant bear in this film Homerton, which is a slightly rough around the edges station in East London. Fair enough. That was a pretty freaky scene, even for me, to have the bear running around with its face all mutated and it was screaming out in the last in the echoes of the uh, victim that it had just eaten, their friend. So they heard her calling out and it was really the bear. Just, wow. And that she sort of lived on in its screams dark stuff several characters who directly interact with the shimmer have doubles that can be identified by the tattoo on their arm uh, in 2011 a group of french scientists identified a mutation in the brown algae ectocarpus the organism has a two-stage life cycle with each phase producing a, i hope this ends goes somewhere <laughs> it's a wall of text each phase producing a different form of the organism at a genetic level the uh, French scientists identified a mutation, which they called the Ouroboros, that allows the sporophyte phase to mimic the game-to-fight phase. So it probably needs some basic genetic knowledge to know what all that's about. In effect, this causes the organism to exist as a continuous game-to-fight phase. This is similar to other homeotic mutations that cause specific organs to mutate into different organs, such as antennae in fruit flies converting to become legs. However... The Ouroboros mutation affects the entire organism and not just a single organ. Just a single organ. So that's the name of the article they based that on. It's 
the master regulator of the gametophyte to sporophyte life cycle transition in the brown algae ectocarpus blah 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 a bunch of references this process is similar to the refraction identified by the scientist in the shimmer the work falls within the scientific area of the genetic regulation of the cycle transmission which is mentioned as Lena's specialism as a biologist so I think this is really cool that there's movies out there like this for geeks and not just for sci-fi nerds but for actual science nerds who have done degrees in this stuff who have spent time in the drier uh, areas just trying to work out what's going on in the background behind everything what makes us all tick and how it all interacts and then you have a cool movie like this come out and try and use some of that information in a colourful dramatic way and I think largely it works Uh, some beautiful scenes it's a little bit like it's the opposite of Aquaman in nearly every way but the only similarity is that in Aquaman there's some beautiful visual eye candy there's a scene where two main characters jump off a boat uh, while being attacked and swim while using a flare to light their way into the deep ocean and the camera pulls back and you see them being surrounded by all these freakishly alien-like monsters and it's just beautiful it's indescribable you just have to watch the freaking thing and there's lots of scenes like that in this which is just beautifully filmed and you might not quite understand what's going on but it builds attention well and it's just a visual feast so whether or not you understand every reference and what's going on at the end you're still gonna just be blown away uh, some continuity errors that i'm gonna miss as uh, a revealing mistake when lena is painting the room and stops to go and hug kane in different shots during the hug the amount of white she has painted lessons and that's a different pattern well that's uh, not a big deal it's just some, again i think that's a continuity i should uh, why is that a revealing mistake anyone can put this stuff in i guess during a scene outside the village house where in a previous scene a Barrett attacked natalie and one of the crew members are talking together the crew member is supposed to have damaged arms with self-inflicted wounds thus wearing long sleeves but in this scene she has her arms revealed and they are clean of injury in the next scene the wounds are rendered and uh, flowers are blooming out of them yeah but again within that universe you could come up with the fact that maybe the environment itself has healed her and then given her special flower arms it's it's not really that big a deal people really just are picky as fuck with these goos sometimes uh, nothing beats the one though they was it indiana jones one of those movies where they didn't have the actor <laughs> to reshoot a scene where he's sitting in the car so they just put a, a stick with a hat on it and like put a jacket around the, the stick and i don't know how it's not picked up till years later that's then now that's a goof yeah i mean i suppose things are happening so quickly in that it's and it was out before the use of DVDs and pausing, like with perfect clarity. But yeah, that's annihilation. That's for me enough. Uh, I did want to talk about that other recent Netflix movie with I keep forgetting his name, Pina, Michael Pina. Let's try that. It wasn't as well received. Michael Pina the third looks like in brackets. He's uh, did a recent one. He basically carried it. He was he was the main name in it. And I'm glad he's got a career where he can do that. It's critically not not very well received. Extension. But I'll leave that for another time. But had a good time. I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a big twist. I won't give it away. At least this time. So I recommend you go watch it before I do spoil it. But yeah, Extension was a lot of fun. I, I think you have to be a real sci-fi, like absolute tragic to 
run with it because there are some it does stay in a very narrow arena of tone and scope conceptually like it just yeah it's scary and they're fighting some stuff and then it's scary and they're fighting some more stuff and then that's that's pretty much it it promises a lot in the beginning of like where could this go it's he's seeing things that haven't happened yet no one believes him and it, it was looking like it had a lot of potential and then it just kind of narrowed into this run and gun type thing but I, I, I still had a lot of fun with it so I don't know why critics fucking bludgeoned it like they seem to have uh, and he's a joy to watch I think he was probably held back a little bit he, he there's not a lot of the usual trademark humour um, and he was he was just going for more of a dramatic role um, it would have been nice if he could have fleshed it out a little bit more but understand why if you watch it he made those choices so yeah but that's enough uh, I don't know where we're at I have to turn around computer's behind me try to sort of not have it distract me there we are it's nearly an hour bang on so let's uh, wrap it up it's it's been a solid week I hope you have one too take care peace out love you all